step on up, sit down, twist off that bottle top, or crack open that can. And welcome to Porch Matters. This is Terry Cagle coming to you from my back porch. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. The name of this show is authentic. On Porch Matters, our saying is this. Big issues or just a friendly conversation. No topic is off limits. We take pride in being able to talk about anything with each other in an open discussion. Open discussion is one of the only ways to learn. Your perspective could be changed. You could change the perspective of others. Friends and family, welcome back to another episode of Porch Matters. I'm glad you're here. Hopefully the last two weeks have been good for you. My last two weeks has been crazy at work. Hardly had much downtime, so it's been kind of nice to be able to get a little bit of a recharge. I had a really good idea for this week's show. I was originally going to have my friend Lee Cross back on to talk a little bit about college football. Plan was to record last Sunday and talk about last week and give some predictions about this week since my beloved Alabama Crimson Tide was facing his Texas A&M Aggies this week. Then we were going to come back today and record a post-game recording about the game and others this past weekend. As much as I love it when plans come together, in some cases, plans going awry is also a good thing. <laughs> oh, my beloved Crimson Tide went to College Station and lost, as most of you already know. Congratulations to the Aggies for playing a fantastic game. To some people, it's like watching their team win the national championship anytime Alabama loses. To some Alabama fans, it's the end of the world. I'm old school. I remember the days when it was a fantastic season to go 7-6 and six and get invited to the Music City Bowl. We can't win every game. Got to lose with class and dignity just like you're supposed to win with class and dignity. Got to be good sports either way. It's just the way it is. Alabama fans tend to take for granted that Coach Saban will be here forever. Guess what, guys? He ain't. We need to cherish what we have right now. It's not the end of the world if Alabama loses a game. Honestly, losing in the middle of the season usually helps us. We still have a lot of season left. A&M found weaknesses that our coaches and players can identify and fix. Now the pressure of that winning streak's off. If this team is what I hope it is, the rest of the season is going to be fun to watch. Speaking of what something else that was fun to watch, Oklahoma and Texas put on one heck of a show in the Red River rivalry. That is always a game I circle every year to watch. I love the tradition of it, and it's a great game every year, usually. I like watching close games as long as it's not when Alabama plays. When Alabama plays close games, I usually have to take a blood pressure pill. The way things worked out this week for this show worked out the way they were supposed to. The guest for this episode is someone that I have a lot of respect for, and we never actually talked until Friday night. I'd reached out to him to see if he would want to come on the porch earlier, and he agreed, but the way his schedule was worked out, it couldn't happen just whenever we wanted it to, so it just worked out the way it was supposed to this week. On this episode, Jarrett Samuels of the Pursuit of Manliness podcast 
comes on the porch to talk a little bit about biblical manliness. I really appreciate Jarrett coming on the porch, and I really think there are a lot of things that you can take away from this conversation, whether you be man or woman, that will be beneficial to you. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I enjoyed being a part of it. Without further ado, let's get started. Jarrett Samuels, Pursuit of Manliness. Welcome to the porch, my friend. How are you? Man, I'm good. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to connect with you in person. I know we had a little digital connection, but this this is better. This is much better. Pleasure is all mine, my friend. I appreciate you coming on the porch. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself. How is Indianapolis this time of year? Well, here's the funny thing. I'm from Iowa, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just a redneck river rat living in a city. So um, I try to stay in the garage as much as possible. I don't venture out real far. Um, <clears throat> it's it's fine, I guess. Um, I, again, I don't go anywhere or do anything. So I, I, I go to uh, the church where I work. I go to the post office to mail some stuff and I go to the grocery store to buy some soda. That's about the only places <laughs> I go. So this is, it is uh, it looks like the way it does the rest of the year to me from this angle. I've been through India a time or two being a truck driver. Yes, sir. And I took a little bit of a road trip earlier around June with my mom and my great aunt. And affectionately, we, I call them the Golden Girls. And we decided we were going to go up, went through Memphis. Okay. Went on up into Arkansas, went over to, um, what's the name of that? Branson, Missouri. Cut up, yep. I think, through Sykeston. Went into Kansas City. I'm a barbecue snob. Memphis. <laughs> And I used to think Memphis was the be-all, end-all on barbecue. And then for whatever reason, Kansas City just rocked my world. They're pretty good. Oh. Yep. <laughs> I, I yep. would literally, I'd literally drive back to Kansas City tomorrow <laughs> if I could just for the barbecue. Well, well I don't know any, too many great barbecue places here, but Terry, you roll through here. Let me know, man. I'll, I'd love to buy you some barbecue. I'll do that. Okay. We cut through Kansas City and actually went up through Iowa. I think it, I want to oh, say man. it was uh, twenty nine. Okay, uh, inter- the interstate that cuts that goes right by Omaha. Yeah, know which okay. one I'm talking about. Okay, we went up through there, <clears throat> went up to Sioux Falls, then hung a right, went over into Minneapolis, cut across oh, to wow. Green Bay, down through Milwaukee. I was an idiot and decided to go right through the middle of downtown Chicago because I, re- I I didn't want to pay the toll roads, you know. Mm-mm. I can say I've done it. I'll not do it again. <laughs> Spent the night and then we came on home. But yeah, to say you were talking about Iowa, I told you that to mm-hmm. tell you this. I thought your state was a very beautiful state. A little bit flat, but very beautiful. It's very flat. So once the weather turns cold, bundle up. That wind will cut through you. But one thing about Iowa, I don't know if you know this or not, but and there's some other places, but we have a thing, Casey's. It's a gas station. Uh-huh. And they have the best pizza, man. I mean, you, and, and in our grocery store called High V, they have the best. Like, you go in and eat at High V, it's legit, like Chinese food, whatever. So, mm-hmm. High V grocery stores and Casey's gas stations, that's where the <laughs> Iowans eat it. It's good. It's good stuff. We see one, we got to stop. Okay. Next time I'm through there, <laughs> I'll remember that. How long have you been a pastor? I've been a pastor for, man, I'm going to say 17 years. I, I, I don't know exactly. I was a children's pastor for a long time. And uh, that's all blur being in children's ministry. So maybe maybe I got some wounds from that. But I was a children's pastor for a number of years. And then, you know, coming here to Indy, this is now our, our we've completed five years. So we're into our sixth year. So um, 
yeah. So I'd say 17, 18 years, somewhere in there, but in ministry, um, I didn't take the traditional route. I, I was in, you know, uh, working. I'm just a, a regular guy. I, as I said, told you a minute ago, I'm just a simple guy. I'm not, you know, not a great theologian or nothing. And, uh, Boy, God just had a sense of humor calling me to ministry. And so I just, um, there's a guy in the Bible called John the Baptist. He's a little um, interesting, it sounds like. I would love to meet John the Baptist and uh, a little unorthodox. And, and and I've kind of said, I kind of feel like I'm a little John the Baptist. Like, you know, I'm not not real polished. I'm not, nothing fancy about me, but I'm just going to try to get you to Jesus. That's where I'm at. And so let, let Jesus change you. So that's my approach. You're authentic. Well, <laughs> you are, you are what yeah. you are. You're authentic and the world needs more ministers like you. You ask me. Well, that's the goal. The goal is, you know, if, if, if I'm staying <laughs> up front, you know, trying to teach you something and I'm standing at the door and I'm a different person, then I always feel like th- then you're a fraud, you know, or if you come yes. into my garage or you see me at the grocery store or whatever, and, and I'm someone different. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to hang around people like that. So no. I just tr- try to be like, man, what you see is what you get. I want to be around authentic people. Yeah. Whether it would yeah. be in a church, at work, yep. friends, whatever. If yep. I want you to be authentic with me, meaning yep. if I say or do something that you don't like, have the backbone and the guts to That's tell right. me. <laughs> call That's me. Right. Call me out. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm a big guy. I know. I'm six seven, around <laughs> four hundred pounds. You are Some, big dude. Sometimes I, I can be intimidating. I know yeah. that. But I like people to call me out if I'm screwing up. Why? Because I'll do the same thing. I well, here's the, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to call you out just to be a jerk. I'd want to call no. you out or have someone call me out because out they, of love, they, they genuinely do care about me. You know, I've yes. said that like, don't, please don't, you know, be afraid to say something to me because of, you're going to hear my feelings or something. You know, you say something because you say, man, I owe this to you. But also at the end mm-hmm. of the day, you know, Terry, you're a smart guy. You know, people who are for you and people who are with you. And when Absolutely. they say things to you, it's different. You go, Hey, I'm not chopping you down. I'm telling you, I'm mm-hmm. here to build you back up. And so exactly. that we got to get that kind of community in our life. And if we do, man, we'll be in good shape. I agree wholeheartedly. We talked about you being a pastor and everything. Mm-hmm. What led you into starting the pursuit of madness? Man, I was, uh, I was in ministry and I was a pretty pathetic guy. Okay. There's nothing bad about me as far as I wasn't, you know, cheating on my wife. I wasn't a bad dad. I wasn't abusing my kids. I had a job paying my bills, you know, on the surface, you'd say you're doing what you're supposed to do, but internally there was no fire. There was nothing there. Um, and I, you know, kind of have this, uh, this idea that everything's just going to work out better. Someday you're going to get a promotion or someday some, you know, I'm like, which is just delusional, but my son was born on January 14th. Um, 2013. And when he was born, he was born with a collapsed lung. And it was my third child. We had three kids. And I didn't know all this at the time. But they took me into the NICU um, after my wife had given birth. And, you know, they're flipping the kid around. They're putting tubes in him. I've never experienced anything like this. And they're telling you all the things they're doing for him. And I do what, like most people do, I just start praying, you know, and I just pray, you know, God, you know, heal him. Well, I don't know. I do not know what's going on right now. And they're trying to explain it to me. And I remember the prayer. God, if you help this little boy fight, I'll fight. And even in that moment, I thought, that's so stupid. You know, I'm, you know, you're six, seven, I'm five, eight. Like I ain't whooping nobody. Right. So, um, and, and in my mind, I'm thinking, what do you, you sound, you sound like an idiot, you know, like, but I'm just praying. I'm just praying. Terry, I'm telling you, it was about two years later and, and I'm watching my kids step on this little step and put a Nerf ball in a hoop. And I thought, man, this is really cool. And I've not had many moments like this. So I'm not trying to say this is my life, but right. man, it was as if God came and sat next to me. 
And it was like, it's pretty cool. And it see that kid do that. I thought, yeah, it is. Terry, I remember those words verbatim. Now, how many times have you fired off a popcorn prayer just to get your tail out of something, you know? And I remember hearing, if you help that boy fight, we'll fight. And I had chills that ran through me. And I thought, oh, we're fixing to get real uncomfortable right now. And uh, for the next 24 months, God just Rubik's Cube my life. I felt this conviction to start this thing. As a matter of fact, I started the Facebook page. I did, I did this anonymously for a long time because I didn't have the courage to be like, no, it's me. Um, I started right. the Facebook page for a little while. And I remember when I tell my wife, I said, hey, I'm thinking about starting this thing. And I was kind of like him hauling around about it. And she said, yeah, that's a great idea. If you want to practice your mailiness right now, the toilet's leaking. You can go try it out on that. I thought <laughs> that is not at all what I thought this was going to be like. And so she's right, though. If we're going to be men, we're men of action. We need to do things, right? Like it's not about words. And I think a lot of guys get like, like what I had there. I, I wasn't a guy that was an idea guy. I didn't come up with new ideas, but some guys are. And you wonder why your wife or kids aren't fired up about it. Maybe it's because you haven't followed through on the other things. And so for me, that started this process of like, let's figure this out. And again, doing it anonymously for a long time. My first podcast guest, I'm talking to the guy and he says, I'll tell you what, Jared. And I thought, I don't know how to edit any of this stuff out. So the the cat was out of the bag. I was like, okay, I guess I need to start telling people this is what I'm doing. So I didn't feel qualified to do this, man. And I still don't know if I feel qualified to do it, but I feel called to do it. And I feel like, well, if I feel called to do it, then I need to find the courage to do it to the best of my ability. I agree. Um, I started listening to podcasts back in like 2012-ish. Um, a huge wrestling fan. So as soon as I heard Stone Cold Steve Austin was doing a <laughs> podcast, I was saying, what's well, a podcast? So that's one. That's what got me in them. I was just like, man, this would be cool to do, you know, but I didn't, just never in a million years thought that I could set up a laptop on the back porch and be able to communicate with people like yourself or friends or anything like that and be able to publish it. So a couple of buddies hit me up about two years ago and was like, Hey, you want to do a podcast? I was like, how? I said, oh, <laughs> we, oh, we found this app called anchor that we can do it for free. You know, the set and the other. Flash forward, here we are on the porch. That's but, awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoy it, and I love that the, the medium is what it is or the mm -hmm. platform is what it is. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you've really got a message and if you really feel strongly about something, you can get it out there, and somebody's going to hear it. Yep. And yep. hopefully something that is said on this podcast or any other podcast that any anybody might be listening between the both of us or on our separate programs. Mm -hmm. Hopefully there's something, some kind of a nugget or something that somebody can take. Mm -hmm. well. And that's, that's what I shoot for. It really yep. is. And what, what I find is it's always humbling when someone grabs something you said, and sometimes you don't even remember saying it, you know, you're in the moment or you're, you know, and they're like, man, that one time you said, and I'm like, uh Oh, what I say. But what I find is interesting is these guys that are in these pockets. I mean, God knows everybody. The world's humongous. Yeah. And one person found your podcast because they searched something or they found it on a hashtag. A guy told me uh, the other day, I liked a post on Instagram and he saw my name and thought it was interesting. So he was going to check it out. Uh, he was in town for the retreat. You know, I mean, it's crazy how all that stuff works out. So that's why I told you, man, stay with it. We need guys like you having these conversations because the world's gone mad. And we need some people who are like, hey, just just let me let me voice some reason here. And I'm telling you, you're reaching people. They're in a break room right now. They're in a truck going down a gravel road and they're listening to something that you're saying. They're like, that's exactly what I needed. 
on your show, you talk about biblical manliness a lot. Can you explain to the people who are listening to this what biblical mad manliness is? Yeah, it's it's probably not what you think it is. You know, we think it's got to be either alpha male, you know, got to have a beard like me or whatever. I'm just lazy. I don't like shaving. So it's, that is an epic beard. By thanks, the way. man. And it's it's all natural because I don't do anything with it. But uh, comb it once in the morning. Uh, you got to have a hatchet. You got to have, you know, you drink black coffee. You got to take cold showers. You got to Listen, man. Uh, Genesis one and two. If you believe the Bible, then you go to Genesis one and two. That's before sin entered the world. Sin is makes us broken. It's messy. And so after sin, we start labeling a lot of things on what is what. So Genesis one and two, you need to understand you're created in God's image. There's a, there's a major attack on image right now. I mean, of any kind, of any place. So you're creating God's image. You need to understand that you were created to work. You know, men are created to work and keep. So before we were ever put on this planet, God had a vision or a you know, purpose that he would place man in the garden to work it. So men who don't work end up getting themselves in trouble. They have too much unaccounted for time on their hands. Uh, the Bible tells us that if we're to marry as men, we're to marry a woman. He placed Eve in the garden. Adam took her as his wife. It talks about that we're to have dominion over all creation. That is, you know, if you go hunting, you know that the animals already figured that out, right? They don't want to be around you. Okay. Absolutely. So if you're going to shoot a deer, um, he's going to try to avoid that. You know, you can go fishing. They're going to try to avoid that. The animals still understand that what we say is you're to be a man of presence. When Terry walks in the room, the room needs to be better because when you showed up, you don't want it to be better because you left. Okay. So right. the same way, if I knock on the door in the middle of the night, they don't have to look around and go, who's going to answer it? You're like, it's my door. I'll answer it. Right. And, and the, the last one is simply that we give more than we take. That's it. So men need to understand that we give more than we take that. Um, I, I can't take, suck the life out of people and they get upset why they don't want to be my friend. I need to give more than I take, whether it's at work, wherever. So those are five things you can find in the first two chapters of the Bible before we ever had any sin, before there was any brokenness, death, anything. So before we added everything else to it, Genesis one and two, they give you those five things. Um, I, to me, that's what biblical manliness is. And if you want to, you want to dive into it and it's not for our conversation, but you want to dive into it. That's what biblical womanhood is as well. You can look Agreed. at those things and, and be very clear on that's what it is. And then we usually muck it up. We usually try to add a bunch of stuff to it and uh, wonder why we're in the problems that we have. That's true. I just got to keep it simple. Mm -hmm. I've been dating Stacy for a little over two years. Hi, Stacy. I love you. <laughs> she has an 11 year old son, Xander. Hi, Xander. I love you too. <laughs> we went on a trip and I was a little rough mm -hmm. on him. If kid acts up, I'm going to make him mine. Why? Because I love him enough to make sure to try and keep him on straight and narrow. Mm -hmm. My view, my opinion, if I'm wrong, sorry, but that's just the way I feel. If you're around me, I'm going to try and make sure that you're doing everything right. We get up to a gas station and he gets out of the truck with me and he flat out asks me, why are you being so mean to me? And I wasn't, but mm -hmm. in his eyes, I was. Mm -hmm. And I looked at him and I said, Xander, if I'm going to be in your life, it's my responsibility as a man to help teach you how to be a man. Yeah, absolutely. And after I told him that he understood and I also told him that this world is mean, this world is nasty, and they're not going to care about you. That I had to help get him ready for the world whenever he goes out and faces it. After I said that, I felt in my spirit 
what is a man? What is the essence of a man? I, I believe if you're going to be a man, you have to be a man of integrity. Mm-hmm. You've got to be a man of your word. If you say you're going to do something, you do it no matter what. Please correct me if I'm wrong. You know, you talk about being a man of action. I absolutely agree with that. I slip on that. I'll be the first one to tell you I slip on it. There's a lot of stuff in this world that I don't know how to do. Good, bad, or indifferent. That's something that I can fix on my own. I can learn how to do all this stuff. Those are two of the main things, especially. You just you know, summed it up. I mean, yeah. sorry, we just summed up what like what what it's about, man. So for me, we do follow, work, invest. Okay, so like you gotta have, make it simple, right? So for me, yeah. we tell them, you want to follow Jesus. Now, what happens is we get this weird, really weird pastel version of Jesus that isn't accurate. So we say, we need to figure out who he really is. You know, the manliest guy that's ever walked the planet. Agreed. And if you figure out who he is, you go, oh, I'll sign up for that. So we got to follow Jesus. We need to work and keep, like we talked about in Genesis two. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're, you are doing that with Stacy. You're doing that with Xander. You're doing that with your, your truck, your business, whatever this podcast, you're making it better than when you have received it. We're to give these things back to God better than we got them. And the last one is invest in others to do the same. You're investing in Xander. How on earth is he supposed to figure out how to be a man if no one ever shows him the path? So Amen. you're going to be the point man and say, I'm going to show you the path. Listen, I'm going to be honest. I don't always figure this thing out right. I don't always get it right. I'm going to make mistakes. But doggone it, it will not be for lack of effort. Right. And he and he will not be 27 years old going, well, no one ever showed me how to do this. No, right. you'll you'll be that guy. Yeah. And like I've said in past, in past episodes and everything, whenever I'd be talking about this, my dad was my best friend. He taught me a lot. But he drove a truck. He was gone 14, 16 hours a day. Mm-hmm. I learned the bulk of what I know from my granddad because I was around him a whole lot more through like ages, I don't know, three to 15. <laughs> you know, if they're especially during the summer, because we lived right next door to him. Anytime mm-hmm. I woke up, he'd, he'd wake me up in the morning. Get up, boy. <laughs> you know, get up from there. That's what he used to say all the time. <laughs> We'd be out in the garden. We'd be, as he used to call it, peddling around mm-hmm. the house, you know, mm-hmm. doing something, just trying to, he loved to try and do a little bit of woodwork and he'd, he used to buy books and he could learn how to do this and that and the other. He was a handyman. He really was. He used to go around and help build houses and everything like that. Very, very handy. He always told me, learn as much as you can about everything. Mm. And that was one of the things that I always tried to do, you know, doing projects. But then I got big and I got to the point where I couldn't exactly do everything, you know, like getting up under a house and doing plumbing. Yeah. You're not going to catch me under the house doing plumbing unless it's got a basement climbing on top of a roof and putting shingles on there. No, I'll fall through. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm what we call in the South, a fat boy. So, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, I, I, I have always tried to be able to learn and do as much as I can. Mm-hmm. That was instilled in me by my granddad. That's something that I would like to be able to instill in him as well yep. as, you know, my, uh, some of my little second cousins that I've helped raise. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I've always been a big believer in, I've took part of grandpa. I've took part of my dad. I've took mm-hmm. part of my uncle. I've took a piece of every influential male that's ever been in my life and tried to 
put it together and figure out who I am based mm-hmm. off of that, if that makes any sense. What about you? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Let me say this though. I absolutely. I, but I want to say, I, you know, I'm married. And I got two, I got daughters and I, I get this every once in a while. My daughters are inferior to nobody. You know, like my wife is not inferior to me at all. Like we have different roles and responsibilities and, and, and she's, she's a helpmate. So sometimes when people see absolutely. the pursuit of manliness, they're like, Oh, you don't like women. Oh, I'm pro women. Like if, very much. Forgive so. me if that, Forgive me if that came across <laughs> the wrong way, but I am pro women. Very in the fact that I'm having conversations with men like yourself. And we're trying to talk to them, and say, "Hey, get your crap together, get yes. this thing figured out." You know, sometimes you got to tell them a hard truth, like you need to stop being a jack wagon. You need, you know, you wonder why your 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 wife doesn't respond to you. You wonder why your kids don't respect you. You wonder it's because of these things. And if, yes. if I feel like, hey, God has given this platform, you and I can have these conversations that maybe they think, oh, she's nagging, she's whatever. No, she's tired. She doesn't want to run a daycare for a grown man. You know, like Agreed. come on already. So I want to say that just as you're saying that, I'm like, oh yeah, we are, we are a byproduct of all these different men that have poured into us at different times. I, I remember years ago, I was a children's pastor and I thought I was pretty cool, man. And uh, that was the last time I ever thought I was cool, but I spoke <laughs> at this school. I, I spoke at the school and all these kids walked out and they're all high five of me. And I was like, crushed it, man, crushed it, you know? And, um, I, th- I thought I was, I thought I was something, man. And I had this old elder. He's just a good old boy sitting in the back and all these kids are leaving K through eight and I'm getting ready to walk out the door and he's still sitting there. I'm thinking, I don't know what he's doing, but I'm out of here. And he just said, Hey, come here a second. Kind of grabs my arm. And he says, basically says, here's what you think you did. Here's what you actually did. And I thought, and you don't know what you're talking about. Did you not just see what happened? I mean, I'm really honestly, as God is my witness, I walk out to the car thinking, and that guy just, he's just being critical. You know, he just, he just missed it. Like his kids were in that group. I'm telling you, it took me years to realize he was absolutely correct. And so this training instruction, sometimes that we receive, we, we balk at it. And it's not until it just punches us right in the face that you go, huh, I think that guy was right. And I, I have went back to him two or three times and said, thank you for doing that because mm-hmm. you had the courage to say something to me and knock me down a few pegs when I thought I was really something. And uh, now it's funny how life happens. I'm getting a little bit older and I find myself speaking into uh, staff members and stuff lives. And I'm looking at them going, you ain't listening to this. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Right. And it's going to You're going to have to learn it the hard way. So, yeah, I mean, you know, God places people in our life along the way that say something to us, speak something to us that make us who we are now. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you and I have to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm not going to live like that no more. I'm not going to live in messiness. I'm not going to live with a family brush pile. I'm not going to live broken. I'm not going to do that no more. And that's the beauty of, of the gospel. It changes you and it redeems you and it gives you a hope and a future and even beyond this life. And so I'm not going to live in misery or I'm not going to live in chaos or whatever, whatever your narrative is. I know a lot of guys who would like for their dad to say, man, I'm proud of you. And they're never going to get that. Either he's dead or he's too arrogant to ever do it. And so you have to understand, no, God, the father is emphatically for you. If you understand who he is, it'll all make sense. But if you don't understand who he is, it sounds like I'm talking some flannel graph, hippie voodoo, weird stuff. Like I totally understand that, man. So like when we start to understand those things, it's it's a game changer. You were talking earlier about how we got to figure out in, in the scriptures and everything and being able to see who Jesus really is. Yes, he is very strong, very powerful, mm-hmm. omnipotent. Mm-hmm. Lord, blessed be the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. But 
I also look at him as a father because I had a father that was a Superman. Mm-hmm. You, know what, you know what I mean? He loved me. I know he did. He passed away in 2012. He was very proud of me. Mm-hmm. But whenever I messed up, he corrected me. Yep. I look at Jesus as my father because he is my heavenly father. Mm-hmm. I'm not very big on church these mm-hmm. days, mm-hmm. but that's another show for another time. <laughs> Because it just feels like there's way too much religion and way too much of a mm. poor man's social club. Mm. I sat under a pastor one time. I shared this on an episode before that literally said, and I quote, it's the first of the month and y'all just got paid. Let's take up an offer at the end of service. And it just infuriated me. Mm-hmm. I, I grew up in church. I really did. I I grew up in church and my view on church was always the, or the perfect church for me was being able to feel the love of the people Mm -hmm. and be able to feel the spirit of God to such a degree that it would pull people off of the road and pull people into the building. Mm -hmm. I've been in a church like that, that where that actually happened quite Mm -hmm. a bit. Mm -hmm. We'd have just random people pull in and say, I just had to come by and see what was going on. It just seems like today, a lot of that is missing these days, and I don't know how to get it back. Or is it just me? No, no. Um, well, church is made up of flawed people. You know, I'm a pastor. Not everybody likes me. I know it's shocker. You know, I, I'm shocked so by it. <laughs> I know, man. And uh, and I'm so kind and gracious sometimes. And uh, no, I say things I think I don't know if I'd want to hear that, but. Um, church is made up of flawed people. You know, there's, there's no perfect church. We know that. No, I will say this and, and listen, man, I, I'm a pastor. So we're always trying to figure it out. We're not crushing any numbers or anything, but, um, I think we've run the risk in America specifically of getting in the business of entertaining grownups in church. So we've turned our church services into Chuck E. Cheese, where it's like a vacation Bible school every weekend. There's themes and there's all this, you know, stuff. And we've kind of like, like I say this, like the gospel's not complicated, man. I'm a simple guy. I'm a, I'm a simple guy. When I graduated from high school, my parents should have got their money back because they didn't get what they paid for. Like I'm just a regular guy. The gospel is not complicated. You know, Jesus came to the earth. He died for our sins. The tomb is empty. If that tomb is not empty, this whole church thing doesn't even matter. It, we're just wasting our time. And, and church doesn't save you. Church, church does no. not save you. You know, so if that tomb is empty and the disciples gave their life for this message, then I need to at least consider it. Now, the church is made up of people that should come together to worship, use their gifts and talents and all that. But I tell people, even when they come to visit our church, like, I get it. It's hard to find a church that you're comfortable in that you want to get involved in, but it's kind of like buying a house, but it's even, but it's like buying a house that, you know, a hundred people are going to come to every week. You know, like I don't want people coming to my house. I don't know. So it's really difficult. And, and, but I would say, man, I would keep just trying to, to look for one where you can get involved, invested because I, I, I totally get it. And that's partly why I told someone the other day, I said, I think my podcast will last as long as God allows it. Cause there's always fresh content because of the craziness that you see in our churches and in Christianity and all these things. And we've turned it, we've turned Christianity into this either nerdy religion thing, which is not what it's supposed to be. None. Or or we've turned it into this 
we're trying to be cool and edgy and the rest of the world is laughing at us. Like, let's talk about sex. Maybe then people will show up or let's do a, a theme where we all dress up as characters and all this other, like, what are we doing? I, uh, to me, I don't want a gimmick. You know, no. I don't do gimmicks. I don't do favoritism or none of that stuff. Like, just give me the gospel. Yeah. Don't lie to me. And uh, tell me what I'm supposed to do with this. Let's I mean, be, so I do believe be those real. places are out there. They're just hard to find. Let's be real about it. That's it. Yeah. And if you'll notice, your realist churches are usually your smaller ones. <laughs> it my, is true. In my it's opinion. Very true. Well, because the know? bigger ones, and listen, I've been in a big church. There's a lot of good things that happen in a big church. But yes. you, know, you can not- walk in. And you could have Starbucks coffee and you can have bounce houses for your kids mm-hmm. and there's ministry for your dogs. And they wash your car while you're, you know, I mean, but the great thing about a big church is you can get plugged into a lot of different environments and spaces. Yes. The downside is you can also go there and just go to the show and yes. never do anything more than just maybe attend. If you have time. Agreed. Agreed. You know, it's why, why can't we just come out and say, you know what, brother? Jesus loves you and I love you. If there's anything that I can do to help you, you let me know and actually mean it. Well, that's, you know, in, in my, where I live right now, I I live in Walker County, Alabama, Mm -hmm. the Huffington post actually did a story on my County seat and around like two 2015 or 2016. And I actually, I actually used to be a corrections officer for 10 years before I, decided I needed to get a quote real job. I, <laughs> I say that in joking. I, yeah. I love everybody that wears a badge. Mm-hmm. I've been there. I understand the sacrifice. I get it. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I couldn't I I couldn't afford to keep doing it. Yep. Basically I had to go get I had to go drive a truck. I've seen in that story they were talking about how in my area alone it was per capita like number one in opioid addiction. In our area, there's also like anywhere between 60 to 75 churches. People will go and sign up for missions and everything else all day long, but they'll go right by one of the best missions that they got, their neighbor. They'll sign up for a mission so they can, (laughs) I'm sorry, they'll sign up for a mission so they can have this overseas trip, take a bunch of pictures with people, post them (laughs) on social media and say, look what we did. Meanwhile, you have just a plethora of brokenness all around yes. your communities. And you're saying, what was that really about? What yeah. would you go on that mission trip? If you couldn't post anything on social media, would you go on that mission trip? If you had to pay all the money and you weren't taking a cl- like I'm not paying your way to go to Gambia or whatever you're going. Like, would, would you, would you do all that? If you didn't get the t-shirts and get to have the slideshows and all that, listen, man, I, I it's not right to, to challenge their heart, but that, right. that is true. What's happening. And that's is, not what we're doing. But what's just, happening is we're having churches, but we're not having any real conversation. So I go, Hey man, how's your week? Good. Yeah. Where you been? You went to Alabama. You went to whatever. Okay. Yeah. And then we leave. Right. Meanwhile, you're like, man, my marriage is falling apart. You know what? Yeah. I'm struggling in this area or I really doubt eternity right now, or I'm not sure where I'm at with my, my grandma passing or whatever. When does that conversation happen? And I'll deal with that later. You just tell the pastor about it. What the heck is he going to do? He's got his own stuff he's trying to work through. Absolutely. So just dump it on him. Nobody's ever doing life with anybody. There's no real conversation taking place. And then we wonder why all the statistics in the church are just as bad as outside the church, because there's nothing different. Nothing different is taking place in there. None. None whatsoever. Man. What can we do? What can we do to fix it? 
But I think what you do is you just like, like one of the things I say all the time is building better men together. We, we pursue doing things like this. I just believe one man at a time, one guy taking it serious, you know, uh, one guy, you know, discipling another guy going, hey, man, once a week, you and I are going to text. We're going to check in on one another. Um, you know, some of those guys flake out. You know, I have a discipleship group. You guys flake out all the time. But there's a number of them that are like, let's do this. And they want to get together. They want to have real conversations. And and I'm not talking about bearing your soul within the first seven hours. We don't do that. But you're talking about you build up to the point where you go, I can trust these guys. And it's real and it's genuine. And, and, and you want you hunger for that. So yeah. it's just it's taking back what was already ours. But we've wussified this Christian thing. We've turned into like this Ned Flanders thing. I've met guys who can rebuild engines, gut deer, can fillet a fish on the fly, the whole deal. And they come into church and they just are quiet and they don't do anything. They pass the offering plate. I'm like, listen, we could train a dog to pass the offering plate. You have skills, use them. You know, like, well, we don't go to your church tomorrow. I could find a couple fourth graders to sit in these chairs. Like, if you're a man, get to a church, get involved, get invested in and make a difference. If you avoid it or avoid Christianity or all that stuff, nothing's ever going to change. Nothing's ever going to change. And guess what? Xander's got to deal with the garbage you and I didn't deal with. We're going to be dead and Xander and my daughters and my son are going to deal with and fight the battles that we never fought because we just decide, now nah, I don't want to do it. The shame right. on us. I believe we're yeah. going to be held accountable for that. Like, no, I, so it comes down to, man, keep doing what you're doing. That's, I mean, stay after it. The, the lives are being impacted. You guys are listening to your show. They're listening to my show. Uh, we get to do this. What is this? Friday night at, you know, 840 Eastern time, you know, man, like the beauty of technology. We utilize it. That's right. What have you got coming up on your show that you might no want to plug? No. <laughs> yeah. uh, right now. <laughs> no, like... right now. I don't, you know what? I, I haven't done a lot of interviews recently. So um, right now I'm doing the book of Nehemiah. I did a study called uh, Building Better Men Together. Just looking at the book and going, okay, what do we do with that? What I don't, what I never want to do is read the Bible and go, it sounds like a book from far, far away, you know, some fantasy land. So we're talking about application of it. So that's what I've been doing. But the next episode, which I'm going to air Sunday night, is going to be the Friday night talk that I get. I did at our men's retreat. Uh, we just talked about just drawing the line in the sand. You know what, man? Some guys dr- grew up with some real garbage in their life. Some guys are battling some addictions, a lot of stuff. And we're like, you know what? We're drawing that line and saying we're not living like that no more. And if more guys would do that, it gives other men courage to respond and go, Okay, if he can do it, I can do it. See one person do something to help somebody else get off the couch. You're absolutely Amen. right. Amen. <clears throat> you brought up, and I've been listening to your show. I'm a big fan of your show, and I'm thinking very seriously about joining the tribe. Um, you were bringing up Nehemiah. If you would, could you possibly give a Cliff Notes version of what you're talking about so people will be able to yeah. tune in and listen to the full thing? Well, Nehemiah is an Old Testament book. He's a guy that was um, an exile. He's a cupbearer, which means basically uh, the king, before he takes a swig, the cupbearer has to take a swig of it. And if he doesn't die, it's good. I'll take a drink. Well, he finds out that Jerusalem is destroyed. It rips his heart out. He gets permission from the king to go back and rebuild it. And within, I, th- I think it's, I should know this, 50 days, whatever, they rebuild the walls. It's unbelievable. There's Sambalot, Tobiah. There's a bunch of jerks just trying to d- distract him, destroy him. And you know what's funny about that thing? I find it interesting is there are men with their daughters, perfumers, all these guys, all these people who 
are not construction people who are rebuilding the wall. And I try to tell guys, you don't have to have a degree in anything to do something like you don't have to have now music on the worship team at church. You might know how need to know how to do that, but man, just, just do something. You don't need a degree to mow your neighbor's grass. You don't need a degree to do these things. And you watch these people perfumers. Like, is that someone at the Von Mar counter, you know, with the, the cape on and they're just building a wall. I, I don't know how that works, but I don't when either. every, when everybody jumps in together, more things happen. You know, I talk about the collective character of men moving the same direction and it's powerful. You know, I talk about that men's retreat Friday night. I've never experienced anything like that. And it wasn't anything I did. It wasn't the songs we sang, the songs we sing, we sing them all the time. Right. Collective character coming together, man. It's, it's hard to explain it, but man, it's powerful when you see it. I actually used to preach, believe it or not. Nice. And uh, did you ever run into or ever still run into anytime you have anything planned? it always seems to revert right back to the same message that you've been feels like you've been beating your head against the wall. Yeah. I've also had it where I felt like I've said the same thing a few times and it's like the 14th time someone goes, that's a really great idea. That's a great point. I'm like, where have you been for? Right. (laughs) That's, that's where I was. And it just seemed like every time that I'd sit down, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want mm-hmm. me to talk about? We, I'd, I'd get something laid out, and either he would change it two minutes before I was supposed to walk up. <laughs> I'm sure that's happened to you a time or two. Sure, sure. Or while I would be right in the middle of it, it would just twist, and it would always go back mm-hmm. to this. How bad do you want it? Yep. Yep. It didn't matter if it was Moses on top of the mountain whenever he was saying, Lord, show me your glory. And the Lord would say, but it would kill you. Mm-hmm. We both know that our father wants us to have everything possible. He wants to show us everything. But he said that to me, mm-hmm. he said that testing Moses, mm-hmm. how bad do you want it? Mm-hmm. I want to give it to you. I want you to be in my, be in my full presence, but how bad do you want it? And that's why he hit him behind the rock. That's right. Going, yep. going to Elijah and Elisha every time mm-hmm. that whenever he went and anointed him, he, Elisha packed up everything, followed him to three different cities. Even though Elijah told him, told him to stay back. He said, no, I'm going to follow you. Elijah was saying, how bad do you want it? Yep. You know, everybody or the little, the lady that, literally crawled through the crowd and touched Jesus. Mm-hmm. How bad did she want it? I believe everything always reverts back to how bad do you want? It? How bad do we want to grow? How bad do we want things to get better? And it reverts back to the whole pursuit of manliness. How, how bad do we want to be a better man? How bad do we want to be a better godly man? How bad do you want? It? But Terry, some guys don't, they, they're right. okay being okay. I was standing in this garage today with a guy and he, he's a good dude. And we're talking about that, that, you know, there's just some people, they just don't have any fire in their belly. And when you know, someone has a little fire in their belly, you know, they, they, that thing is burning. You see it, you know, it, you're like, Oh, okay, let, let's, let's do this. But there are some people they either believe it all works out in the end. And listen, I was kind of one of those guys. I was pretty pathetic, kind of going through the motions. I, I didn't realize that at the time. 
I'd say I wasn't depressed, but I was depressing. I wouldn't want to be around me now looking back on it, but you're right. It, it, it all comes down to want to. And we say, you know what, at the end of my life, I do not want it to be for lack of effort. You know, you're home right now. You're fixing on getting on the road for a number of days and working and stuff. You don't have to be doing this. You don't have to be doing this right now. I mean, there's other things you could be doing and, but you want it. You want it. You believe in what you're doing. You believe in the platform, the conversations. You believe in the audience. Even those who are not yet listeners, you believe in that. Someone's going to listen to this a year from now. And it's something you just said right there. They're going to be like, yep, that's that's exactly what I needed to hear. And uh, you have you have to have that want to. If you don't have that want to, man, you're just taking up space. I've said that. If you don't want to be the best at what you do, do something else because you're stealing money. You know, yeah. if you don't want to be the be- absolute best at what you do, what are you doing? What are we doing it for just not get fired? Well, who wants that person on their team? Yeah. I'm very competitive. God forgive me if it's wrong, <laughs> but I really am. I, I've, I've said this a time or two. I, I hate losing at checkers. I do. I'm a very good sport about it, but on the inside, it, it just drives me crazy. And I will. Yeah. And I will obsess about getting better at this until I can, until I can win. Yep. I, I mean, it, it is the way it is. Yep. So I you, mean, have to, you have to, you have to yeah. be that way. No, I, oh yeah. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm very competitive. I can't help it. It is. But don't you think God, just, don't you think God built that into us? I do. I mean, I that's, that's why you go gather food. We're hunters and mm-hmm. gatherers. That's why we do, you know, like if you weren't competitive, you'd sit in a corner and die, you know, or you right. go, well, you'd never build a house. You would never, you would never do anything to try to progress. But I do believe there's some guys with this innate absence somewhere. Like there's something missed. I told the guy the other day, I'm like, there's something broken inside you. I do believe it can be restored and, and redeemed, but there's something broken that you can't follow through on your word ever. Like ever, you know, like you say, well, I'll be there at six. No, you won't. You're a liar. You're never going to be here at six. I'm going to be, I'm going to do it this time. No, you won't. You're never, gonna, there's something broken in these guys. And until they get real with it. But again, if you avoid community, if you avoid difficult conversations, then you'll sit over there and you'll be the master domain covered in Cheeto dust. I mean, that's what's going to happen. And so I'm like, no, I don't want to live like that. I, yeah. I don't. And I also don't want to go to my kid's house someday and watch them do a bunch of knucklehead things because I never had the courage to parent them well or to speak up or I'll tell my kids sometimes we're going to live different and and uh, it ain't going to make any sense right now but we are going to live different than other people and um, because I owe it to you because yes. I owe it to you and I believe we're not better than anybody but we're different than everybody I agree wholeheartedly Jared I appreciate your time if you would please plug everything that you're doing that way the people can find you yeah, you go to the pursuit of manliness dot com. That's that's the that's the hub, right? That's the website. Um, I don't know how to build a website. A guy did it for me because I don't even know how to do it. But um, there's a thing called Tribe. It's our discipleship community for for men who want to grow. Listen, we're not great theologians. We're not having Bible bowl. We're not we're not in a denomination or anything like that. I would just encourage you to check it out. Just to check it out. It, there is a fee. Um, I will tell you this: if you engage in it, you'll get far more than you ever put into it. I, I promise. So uh, in the next five weeks, you're going to hear a lot about it. So I tribe is a big deal because I'm a, I believe in building community with men. And, um, you know, like you said, I'm I'm a truck driver. Yep. We got truck driver. We had a truck driver just pull into our church. You guys are good at driving, man. He backed that 70 foot trailer up right up uh, the fence. And I'm like, I couldn't do that. My little car. I don't know how he did that. So that's where I would go. The pursuit of You can find all that other stuff.
Thank you for letting me have a conversation with you. Brother, thank you for letting me have a conversation with you. It was good. It won't be the last. I know that. Big thanks to Pastor Jarrett Samuels for coming on the porch. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, find Pursuit of Manliness wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. You can also go to PursuitofManliness.com for more information on what he has going on. Let him know you heard him on Porch Matters. If you are new to the show and like what you hear, hit that like, subscribe, or follow button and download the episodes in our archives. If this show has been a positive addition to your life, please rate the show and leave a review. Won't take you but a minute and it really would help the show. Find us on social media by typing Porch Matters Podcast into the search bar. Word of mouth is still the best way of sharing. Please pick your favorite episode and share it with at least one person this week. There's a lot of people out there that have never heard of a podcast before. I sure would appreciate it. And I'll see you next time right here on Porch Matters.